Welcome to TrailerCast this week. I am super excited to be able to be recording this weekend's episode specifically because these are all your questions from Instagram. If you didn't know that was a thing, you can follow me at Snipes underscore collective. And every once in a while, I throw out a little ask me anything and I get to answer your questions in rapid fire form here. So you guys did not hold back <laughs> when it came to recording this episode of these questions. They were fire. Um, I was reposting them so people could see what questions were coming in. And the DMs that I got back in response were hilarious. Either questions like, yes, me too, or like, holy shit, are you really going to answer that? Um, and I love it because yeah, I am going to answer that. I want this space that we share together to be honest and informative in a place where you don't have to hold back, right? Like that's the, those are the type of relationships I want to be in. Those are the type of relationships that I want to be in with you. So um, this weekend is a no holding back style podcast. So without further ado, the Ask Me Anything rapid fire IG episode coming at you now. Welcome to the trailer cast with Elise Snipes. Each week, I will be sharing with you from inside my vintage trailer where I work as a therapist and share some of my musings on the human experience. I am endlessly fascinated and inspired by people. I love being a therapist and I'm deeply grateful for the intimate and beautiful work I get to do. I believe we are wildly capable of healing and making this world a better place, and this is my attempt at doing that. Sharing beauty to invoke beauty. May you find yourself inside these stories and ponderings and be better for it. Cheers. Are there other options that aren't therapy for those of us who don't have money for therapy? Yes, 100%. You guys, we live in a day and age where technology is working for us. So here's something I think about that. One, do not disqualify going to therapy if you can't afford to go every week. I tell people often, I would rather work with a great therapist once a month than a like semi-okay therapist every week. So think about going to therapy in a different way. You don't have to do that every week. You could go every month and it could be rich because you're, you're getting excellent care from an excellent provider. So I would maybe rethink your idea of frequency and how often we think about going to therapy and who made that rule to begin with. So do therapy in a way that might be more accessible to you. Um, it doesn't mean you have to go every week. Um, as far as the other options, yes. Um, before I was able to afford therapy on my own, I went through a bazillion books. The first one I ever did was The Road Less Traveled by Scott M. Peck. Um, right now I'm working through The Artist Way. I, I constantly go through different workbooks and always have. Depending on the type of, you know, whatever thing that I'm focusing on, I... Dude, I search the heck out of what books would be appropriate for that, and then I get to it. I've never let money be an obstacle for me in regards to getting the help that I need. Um, and then just circling back, workshops. Like, I have some that I offer as well online. They're a lot cheaper than going to therapy. That's the point. The price is set low, so more people can have access. Also, therapists on IG. You guys, there's tons of information. They were just featured recently in the New York Times. Um, Lisa Oliveira. They're people that are doing good work and are putting their work up there for free on IG. So... Um, stalk a therapist on Instagram. Okay, I should be going, I should be going faster than this. <laughs> um, transitioning to being a stay-at-home mom and struggling to feel necessary contributing. Advice. Yeah, I hear you. Um, let's get one thing real clear. You are necessary and you are contributing. Any stay-at-home mom or dad, you guys are the 
basis of all of society functioning well. We need you to raise good children because you are influencing the future of, our, of the next generation of people. So by all means, you're the most necessary. You're the most contributing to the family structure that upholds society and its values and our ability to go forward well. So um, you are about to enter into a radical phase. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. And don't um, dismiss or make small your role because you're stay at home. Hardest job there is. Proud of you for doing it. I think you're radical. <laughs> I think you're so radical. Um, stay in good community. That'd be the one thing I would say is while that is going to be your dominant role, it's not the only thing you do and it's not the only thing that makes you valuable. So what do you like to think about? What do you like to talk about? And are there ways you can continue to grow and feed that part of yourself while you are raising said tiny humans? You got it, mama. What's the weirdest thing someone has ever asked you about in therapy? You guys, if you know me, the weirder, the better. Okay, so I'm gonna put that out there. The weirder, the better. I love, I love oddities and I love the strange things. Now, on the heels of that, there's no weird question, okay? Like if you go to therapy and you feel like you can't ask your therapist, then there's something wrong. If you can't ask them, who can you ask, right? Like that's the person who's there who's supposed to be serving you in that way. So ask the weirdest things, bring on the weirdest things. Next question, regarding your most recent podcast, have you forgiven your dad and how do you move on from that? Good question. You guys, that podcast episode was nuts. I felt like hungover all week just from releasing it. Um, it was like a, it was emotional, like physiological work. So um, if my, one of my first episodes, I talk about the F word being forgiveness, and that's not necessarily how I conceive of, of my relationship with my dad. I don't even think that forgiveness is as powerful as acceptance. Can I accept him for who he is? Can I accept him right now for who he is? And yes, that's the work that I've been working on. Forgiving is almost a moot point if I can't accept the reality of who he is. To forgive and, and move on means that I'm maybe not looking the thing straight in the eye and accepting the reality of, um, of who he actually is. So as far as moving on, um, I wanted to get into a place of truth. I wanted to get into a place of reality in regards to how I conceive of him and myself and this relationship and not allow that to rip me off from being able to live my whole full life. So um, I am in a place of acceptance with him. And as far as the moving on piece, I think that I have a door open. Um, and don't feel like I have to make rules for myself forever, but the place that I'm in right now means open door policy. Okay, next question. If your spouse crosses boundaries, what is a healthy way to respond? So I'm curious about which boundaries that person is crossing. Um, if they are ever physical or sexual, then that is a absolute hell no. That person, you don't even have a healthy response to someone who's crossing your physical or sexual boundaries is back the F up. That is absolutely not okay, even in your marriage. I feel passionately clearly about this idea, about this, this reality that in marriage, abuse still occurs. So if someone is crossing your physical or sexual boundaries, that is an absolute no-go, no-fly zone, and you're going to need outside help to support you during that time. If the boundaries that are being crossed are your verbal boundaries or your emotional boundaries or they're not respecting your time or they're not respecting um, your work or whatever that, that is, um, I think that a healthy way to respond would be to observe it objectively. So I like just to repeat your boundary. It's not okay for you to talk to me that way. My work is as, just as valid as yours is. That hurt. It's not okay for you to talk to me that way. I don't, it kind of depends on what the boundary is, but I think that instead of reacting, just observing that that just crossed a boundary for you and that you don't approve of it. 
So I worked with a couple of women this week on that very same concept of being able, and I keep putting my hand up, I wish you could see that, but it's like, um, like a stiff arm. Like, nope, this is exactly how far that you're able to come. And I think that it's necessary to have boundaries in marriage. If this is confusing for people that are like, what? Boundaries? Um, we have to do a whole other podcast on that. Okay. <laughs> this is this one I got the most DMs about, okay? I can't stand my sister-in-law. Do I just fake it because she is family? <laughs> you guys, family's so freaking complicated, huh? Um, and you're not alone, clearly, because again, like I said, this is the one I have the most response to. So do you fake it? Here's what I think about this. You don't have to love her. You don't have to like her. But don't let her make you less because you don't like who she is. So just because she's whatever, fill in the blank. There's a, probably a million reasons why you don't like your sister-in-law, okay? Um, but if you allow, give her your power and allow her to make you mean or stingy or reclusive or rude, then you have just like regressed. So um, I wouldn't say faking it is the answer. I say it's being you exactly who you are in that room, regardless if she is there or not. So don't, don't let her make it all about her. And then you change who you are in response to that. Forget her. You can be who you are um, in that family system. Um, it just exactly the way that you are without being consumed with who she is and how much you don't like her. So I would say stop focusing on her and focus on who you are. Remember who you are in that space and don't compromise. I am recently married and haven't had an orgasm yet. Is something wrong with me? Boom. Okay. This, ironically, the next, next weekend's episode, I interview a sexologist. So tune into that episode. Also, um, I would say always, we first start out biologically. What's going on? Do, have you been to the OB? Do you know what's going on? Do you know if you do have a, a biological issue? And if not, now we're going to look at the psychological, emotional, spiritual, and so forth. Um, there's nothing, if there's nothing wrong with you and you've got that cleared, then hun. Um, take some time to explore how you orgasm. Have you orgasmed before or is it just not in this relationship? Have you orgasmed on your own? Um, and then making sure that your partner is as committed to your orgasm as they are to their own. Also, if you are recently married, know that you have your whole marriage to figure this out. You don't have to nail it, <laughs> no pun intended, every time exactly the way that you like conceive that it would be when you finally got married. So take your time, stay curious, and make sure like that you guys are having a good time. Be careful of the things that you write in to this saying, oh, I'm broken, oh, I'm this. Just be aware of the, uh, the cognitive distortions that might come up surrounding this. No shame. Keep asking these questions. There's a lot of women that ask me this question often. And again, tune into next week's episode regarding the O. What do I do with things I've never told anyone about? Do not hold on to things for your whole life and take it to the grave. I don't care if you go to confession, say it to a priest, or you book one appointment with a therapist and get that shit off your chest. When we hold on to things like that, you guys, man, we're just like burying ourselves in shame. And then we have spent a lot of extra energy protecting that big old secret. So um, I would say don't hold on to that. I don't want you to um, cause massive destruction and chaos in your life by airing all of your things to everyone always. Just find a way to disclose that so that it doesn't eat you alive. What do you think about conversion therapy? Bottom line, I think conversion therapy is evil and impossible and disgusting. I have a lot of feelings about this. And to the LGBT community, I am sorry that there is even something 
uh, that light conversion therapy that even exists. I just reject that as something that would make you uh, wrong, bad, or something that needs to be converted. Fuck that. Um, I support you, LGBTQ+, plus everyone in that community. Um, you have a right to be here and a right to be yourself, and there's nothing wrong with you. What do I tell my therapist at our first session? Why you're there. What you expect, what you hope for, um, any previous experience that you've had in therapy, um, and maybe the first three things you'd like to tackle. I would, I would lay it out there. You know, don't, I wouldn't like waste a lot of time like pussyfooting. I would just get right to it. Like, what do you want to accomplish and how can that person help you get there? Any resources you would recommend for co-parenting in parentheses with a total asshole? Mm. Um, I have a couple friends going through this exact same thing right now. So ladies or gents, listen up. Your co-partner in regards to parenting might be a total asshole forever. That does not mean that you also have to become a total asshole. Do not allow that person to change how you parent and how you interact with your children, how you interact with yourself or how you interact with them. The whole point is that they get to be an asshole all on their own now because you're free. So celebrate your freedom by being the best, most radical, badass parent ever and do not give in to their constant ploys to suck you back in and to draw you back down. You're out of that relationship. So you don't have to play their game anymore. You remember, again, who you are and the parent that you are and you hold that boundary. And if they want to be all weird and crazy on their own, cool, no problem. Um, strong mediation, therapist if necessary, and remember that children need one solid adult. They don't need to, they don't need two. If we have one person in our corner, one person that gets it, one person that is like semi together, everyone's gonna be okay. So do not overanalyze if the kids are okay or if they're gonna be like their dad or whatever. Um, commit to being a good parent and take care of yourself. Next, how do I recover from years of hurt from my church? Mm, this one hits me super close to home. Um, you're not alone. And I would say be wary of spending too much time in isolation condemning that space. Get back into healthy community so that you can reclaim your own spiritual connection and what it means for you to be in a place of growth and connection and spirituality, however that expression looks like to you now. And to be spiritual. <laughs> Please do not confuse good God with bad church. Any tips for someone who struggles with rumination, reshaping my thought life? 100%. Honestly, I'm going to plug my own workshop real quick. The Feel Better, Live Better workshop is a fabulous place to start for this exact thing, you guys. It is a super thorough workshop that goes through every single aspect of this question. Um, the way that our brain roots and grooves and how we can change our thoughts so that we don't just run into this domino effect of, um, I think this, therefore, thought, feeling, behavior, thought, feeling, behavior, and that negative feedback loop that you're talking about in regards to rumination. I would honestly just do that workshop. Are you a Christian? Sometimes. <laughs> and maybe we should go to coffee and talk about it. Um, would you do a podcast episode on healthy sexuality? Absolutely. It's actually going to be next weekend. I am interviewing a sexologist and we are talking all things and it is explicit. You're welcome. <laughs> is it okay to have relationship goals or is this just perpetuating a false reality? 
Excellent question. Okay. I think that you can have relationship goals within your relationship, but if people are hashtag relationship goals as a way to like exalt themselves or to, or to use that as a, as a comparison trap, then sure. That is a, that could be a false reality. Um, your goals are within your specific relationship. That is, that's for you guys. And sure, having goals is great, um, but don't let that be the trap and don't miss the magic that's happening along the way. How does one find balance, understand when your partner may not want to get married? Okay, I would read Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Committed. Um, what, and define what is marriage to you and what is marriage to that person? Are you guys already in a committed relationship and do you need the idea of marriage or the construct of marriage in order to validate the relationship that you're in. So spend the time exploring that and know that you can have an, an completely committed relationship without actually going through the, the, the process and the certificate, getting the certificate and the license and all that. Um, but it sounds like it's something that actually that, that you want and that there is a sense of hurt there. So I would honor that um, and what you want and make sure that you communicate that. Relationship anxiety, trust issues, fear of abandonment, never feeling good enough. Therapy. <laughs> Seriously. Um, that These are the issues. These are the top issues that people bring in the door to therapy because they need to work that shit out in the context of a healthy relationship. This is therapy. Being able to have somebody who shows up for you, who allows you to connect to them, attach to them in a healthy way, that helps to reduce relationship anxiety, boost your trust. It negates that fear of abandonment because you have someone who is committed to you and you start to build your core beliefs and identity, understanding that you are good enough. So I would take that straight, in the, straight into the room. Bring that to therapy, please. Will you come to Texas? <laughs> yes, I would love to come to Texas. I, um, I'm actually going to be in Colorado this week, um, and then I'm going to be in Nashville at, in the end of July. Um, and I would love to. I'd love to come to Texas and to travel. So actually, every time I travel, my goal is to try and just um, post up somewhere and maybe meet people for happy hours. So be on the lookout on Instagram. <laughs> How do you deal with others' massive insecurities, them not trusting in particular? Um, honestly, don't deal with other people's massive insecurities. That's for them to deal with. Next. <laughs> Are you ever worried your honesty will ruin your business? Clearly not, because I am super honest on here. No, I don't think that. I think in a world where we've got so many things that feel false, we're not sure you know, if that's really who they are. I just don't want to ever meet someone in real life and have them be like, oh, that's not, oh, did you know that? That's not actually how Elise is. I just want to be who I am and be honest so that way people have a consistent experience of who I am. Also, I think it'd be too exhausting to try and be anything else or anyone else. Also, um, I think it attracts, it's like a law of attraction. I want to be an honest relationship with people and I want people to be honest with me. So I, it only would make sense that I would put that out there and lead with honesty because that's the type of people that I want in my life, in my work, and, and whatever. And um, as far as it ruining business, no. No, I think that there's a whole world of people that crave something real. What type of therapy do you suggest for a couple that struggles with communication? Um, so anybody, any therapist, licensed therapist, um, has plenty of information and expertise on being able to help you with communication. Um, I would suggest couples therapy though. And then I, I really do like the work that Mylan and Kay Yurkovich do. They have a book called How We Love, where you can learn all about the different, like your love and attachment styles and the way in which communication can happen within that cycle. Um, but ultimately any therapy, any therapist is able to, um, to treat that. Infertility. 
how to cope with missing out on that integral part of womanhood. Um, I've, I feel um, ill-equipped to respond to this because it's not been my personal journey. And so I'm sorry, and I don't want to take away from your experience. Um, there's a, a book I'm reading right now, um, Heather Avis. She talks about her experience with infertility. Her first book, um, the, she writes off, she writes about this. Her second book just came out, just came out, Scoot Over and Make Some Room. Um, she's the author of The Lucky the Lucky Few. She has The Lucky Few podcast. I would read what she's saying. She has a, a beautiful voice, not only about Down syndrome and adoption, but also about infertility. Um, you're not alone. It's an exceptionally common experience. Uh, your pain is real. There's nothing invalid about your process. And you take all the time that you need to cope with that. Um, and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Don't let someone write you a prescription for what your grief should look like or what that loss um, gets to be or how long you get to have it. Uh, the grief process is yours and yours alone. And I think you're super valid for asking this question and, and being in that space. And when you think about having community in that space, I would be... I would be shrewd in a sense of allowing people in that understand where you're at and can speak good and truth to where you're at, not people that are um, super unhealthy and are going to pull you further into a space that's not actually good for you and for your grief. So um, my, heart, my heart is with you in that pain um, as much as it can be. Recent stress has caused old anxieties to resurface. What are the top three ways to get back on track? I like your question, straight to the point. Um, and I'm going to flip that back to you. If you have already overcome anxiety, you're a wealth of knowledge and you're an expert to your own anxiety. So I would want to know what are the top three things that have worked for you in the past? Uh, what's the first thing that you do in order to pull your head back um, into the here and now that would allow you to move forward successfully? Um, and when we ask these questions, we ask them of other people, yes, we're going to get info about like the top hacks or whatever we can do. But ultimately, um, you, you know you and you know what makes you anxious and how you feast on it and then a way to be able to refocus and reshape your thoughts so that way uh, you're not stuck in that anxiety wheel. Um, here and now, senses, and choosing a specific thought to retrain your brain to not go back into the anxiety feedback loop. How can I transition into my business full-time gracefully, so stressed and not sleeping well? Um, give yourself permission to take time. You know, we're not like cannonballing into the deep end here. I'm curious, but also by gracefully is the goal. I think that there's like the reality of being like your own boss and going into your business full-time is that's not always going to look graceful. So when it, when it does or when it is, enjoy it. And when it's not, own the fact that it's hard and there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes it's, there's not always graceful re-entry and sometimes you won't stress. I mean, sometimes you will stress and you won't sleep well and that's just a part of the deal. Um, so when it's relaxing and, and gr gracious, enjoy it. And when it's not, own it because you will come back again into that season of things being gracious again. I'm in my late 20s and I'm a caregiver for my husband. Any encouragement and tips? I wish I could just crawl through this microphone and hold you and tell you that I'm so proud of you and that your job is radical and not something that you ever imagined um, or thought would be like the rest of your life, you know, that this would be what early marriage would look like. So um, I just want to like, validate all of your thoughts and feelings and process. This is intense. I would want to make sure that you had someone who was also giving you care so that you're not alone, that you're not sinking only into the position of offering the care, but also being on the receiving end of care. So what do you need? 
uh, what type of care do you need in this space or in this season or in this time? Uh, I want to encourage you not to lose yourself or to get lost in the motion of all of this. And I don't care if that's a, an Instagram community or um, an online grief support or whatever that is. I don't care if it's a great book. I don't have tips for you so much as just sending you a lot of love and encouragement and support in any way that I know how. Um, feel free to get in touch with me if you are looking to like even do some like online or remote therapy or work. Um, that's one of the beauties of technology is being able to be connected to people that aren't actually able to leave the house. Okay. Have you used EMDR for your own healing journey? Yes. And I cannot say enough about it. Um, if you're listening and you don't know what EMDR is, Google it. EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Um, it is the most effective and immediate way that I've seen some of my own trauma be healed. I am an EMDR therapist. I use that in my practice. Um, I go to EMDR therapy and I cannot say enough great things about it. How do I or you balance being authentic in your business without sharing all your crap? <laughs> um, okay, so I... Well, like I said, I always want to lead with authenticity. Now, the difference is, is I just don't need, I'm not making anyone else responsible for my crap, okay? So that's probably the place that I balance it out with is I can share it without making that anybody else have to fix it or deal with it or get like sucked into like some like deep like crap abyss hole with me. So if you're working on your shit and you're, and you're taking care of it, then I think it's okay to share about it because you're not trying to make somebody else have to solve that for you. Um, and I also don't share all my crap. <laughs> There's, I got plenty of it. Um, and I don't share it all. I think I try to share the things that I think would resonate, um, and, or the things that I'm working on now so that I can be honest in the current journey that I'm on. <laughs> so, um, be watchful of why you're sharing. And I think that it's absolutely okay to be authentic in that space. What could you tell someone possibly on the cusp of divorce? get a phenomenal lawyer. How to stop being mad at myself about past mistakes or regrets. Um, I'm going to be super straightforward with you. That shit's over. The past is over and it's done. So there's absolutely no point in being mad at yourself. Just do better now. A friend is contemplating an affair. I want to be a supportive friend, but help in no way on no planet in all of history would I ever support um, a person contemplating having an affair. Um, man up <laughs> and get out of the relationship before you destroy your family or your partner. If you want to be in a relationship with someone else, be honest um, and an adult and handle it. And can you tell that this is like layered with so much anger right now? Um, what the fuck? <laughs> It's kind of like the way that I feel about that. If your friend is contemplating an affair, tell them to be an adult and handle it like one and not to like cause a bunch of havoc because that's, yeah, whatever. Would you, con would you consider traveling workshops for your East Coast fans? 100%. Again, I'm coming to Nashville in July and I would love to do some um, workshops on the East Coast. DM me if you have ideas for me. If there's a place you think that'd be fun to do that, I am all for it. On the therapist side of the therapy journey, what does it look like to trust the process? Beautiful question. Um, I, I, okay, so I've been doing direct therapy since 2008, and I think that there's a difference now between trusting the process and knowing the process. So when I first began, it was like, okay, I, I need to uh, just, just trust what's happening, what I'm hearing, what I'm not hearing, um, the, the information that I feel like is, is not being said, and all the... <laughs> 
the, the concepts and all like the grandfathers of, of psychology and how do I make sense of all of that right now? Um, and now I think it's like less about trust and more about the familiarity of being able to know the work and sense what's going on. And I think it's a lot of leaning in right now and being able to know the process. And so if you are a therapist, I would say just continue in on your journey and it'll be uh, more about knowing yourself and knowing the process more than having to just trust it. What do you think about ketamine for treatment of depression? I think that it can be effective for some people. It is controversial. So this is for people that have had uh, medication resistant depression. And if that's the case and that and ketamine is helpful, then I think that whatever helps somebody, whatever helps someone's brain heal from depression. And if ketamine is the way towards that, then I would support it. What do you wish more clients asked you? Beautiful. Okay, I wish that I that my clients would ask me how I feel about them. And I think that that's a pretty brazen question, but ultimately, yes, the people that I work with, I'm inspired by, I'm humbled to work with them, I love them, and I believe in them so exceptionally. And I want them to ask me so that I can almost tell them without me having to just say, hey, I love you, I believe in you. And yeah, I do, I love, I have love for my clients, I really do. I have love for the people that I work with because I get to watch them bravely conquer their stuff and face it and see it. And I want the immediacy and the intimacy of them knowing that I care for them so deeply and champion their work so, like, so, so intensely. Um, so I do, I kind of wish that sometimes that I could, I could share like the fullness of my heart for them. You mentioned core beliefs, values often. What's the best way to uncover those for myself? Okay, fastest way to uncover your negative core beliefs is write 10 things about yourself, 10 affirmations of how incredibly awesome and beautiful and lovely and all the things that you are. Because you want to know what's going to happen is you're going to get some negative chatter right away. You're going to have immediately something that comes up that's like, oh, really? If you want to uncover your negative core beliefs, start speaking your best possible beliefs about yourself and you're going to hear that alternative conversation. You're going to hear that dialogue begin where you start to watch your core beliefs emerge. That is it's your inner critic. It's that inner like negative parent. Um, and it's a really necessary part of the work because those core beliefs that are so subtle and sound like our own thoughts are in there and keeping us limited. So I would 100% start there with your affirmations and see what emerges. How do I trust the process? Air quotes. Sometimes I wonder what the hell is the process? <laughs> Um, yeah, girl. <laughs> um, it sounds like you're in a place of deconstruction, right? Like when we enter into this place of trying to make sense of it all, we can often wonder what the hell is the process? Now, I think that that question is actually probably the right place to be wondering what, what is this? How far do I deconstruct it? Lean into that question. What is this process for you? Um, how are you in this process? What is necessary for this process? What isn't? Sometimes we can deconstruct things to such like a micro level that we obliterate the whole thing and lose like just like the beauty of the journey. So um, I think as far as trusting the process for me, it's just not letting it die. <laughs> like sometimes my process and I think our natural process is um, construction, deconstruction, reconstruction. So I would just make sure that your process is coming all the way full circle, that it's not just something that um, you have a thing, all of a sudden you are disillusioned with that thing, so you enter deconstruction and then you never get beyond that. Um, a lot of people bail in their deconstruction because it gets too complex or confusing, or again, they eradicate the magic of their process by trying to understand every single micro detail. So um, 
stay in your space and allow yourself to like be born again into your phase of reconstruction. I care too much about what people think about me. How do I find the root of that and repair it? Okay, take your Enneagram test. I think that would be a good way to understand the root. Now, to counteract that, I'm going to tell you, you probably don't even need to understand the root. I think there's a sense of if you know how you feel about you and if you care about how you feel about you, there'll be less room for how much other people think about you and how much uh, your care for what they actually think. You're giving your power away by being more focused on what they think rather than on what you think. So strengthen that part of your identity triangle. Um, identity triangle is um, what I think about me, what others think about me, and what I think others think about me. And if we have an appropriate balance of those three spaces, then we have like a, a core sense of our identity and who we are. So strengthen how you think about you. That is going to be the thing that goes the distance. Do you believe in an eternity, life after death, heaven? I do. I do. Um, I'm going to tell you one quick story. So my brother died in a skateboard accident in 2006. And we had spent the year of 2004, we had been traveling through Southeast Asia. And there's a picture that I took of my brother where we were in the back of a pickup truck and we'd been hitchhiking up into the mountains right in the border of Burma. And we're filthy and disgusting <laughs> and free. And I snapped this photo of his smile and the way that he's looking at me. And he's looking at me in a way, it's like the shared smile of knowing and love. And, and it's a picture that, like, it's the only picture that I have up of him um, because I feel like it really encapsulates our relationship. Okay, so that's in my closet. Now, my son Isaac was born in 2012. His middle name is Chase after my brother. And he walks into my room and he's uh, about one and a half at this point. So he walks in the room and he, for the first time, notices this picture of my brother. And he looks up at the picture, deadlocks on my brother, points right at it and says, I knew him from before I was here. <laughs> I knew him from before I was here. Clear as day, his exact words. And I just looked at him and started crying, had the like chills and was like, what? Like, at what point does a one-year-old know before, the idea of before? And to so directly say, like, I knew him from before I was here. So for me, there are moments like that, those like God shots or whatever we want to call that, some, some cosmic evidence that there might be something beyond here. There was, and you guys, that's just one experience. I have tons of experiences like that, specifically relating to my brother. Um, I do think it's real. I don't understand it. I don't feel like I need to in order to know that I believe that there is something good and beautiful out there. So yeah, I do believe in that. <laughs> How do I stop comparing my marriage to my husband's previous marriage? Okay. Um, sounds like you got him, you know? So there's not much to compare to if you like have the prize. <laughs> so um, I would ultimately stop focusing on the before and allow yourself to live in the present without fear of what was before. You are the one who's married to him. What does she matter? And what does that previous relationship have anything to do with the one that you're in? Enjoy the one that you're in, girl. Don't give that, don't give that previous marriage any more power. That's over. That's past tense. You are the one who's married to him now. So own that and enjoy that. Okay, you guys, the, <laughs> these questions were incredible. And I was, I I'm, am, I'm honored by your honesty and your bravery and the fire of some of these questions. My encouragement to you is this. Uh, 
keep showing up like that. Keep asking big, hard questions. Keep wondering about these things. Stay curious couple things you guys know about. I still have some of my weekend retreats spots available. If you're interested or want to know more, you can go to my website, elisesnipes.com. But these weekend retreats are in Dana Point, and we spend a whole weekend together going through your past, present, future, and ways to practically make sense of your life and activate in a way that, that translates into real life. So um, hit me up. I'd love to host you. I've got one spot for August. I've got a couple in September. And if you're a therapist, I have one spot left for November. So I um, would love to get to spend a weekend with you in Dana Point. Other than that, that incredible Mind Body event is also coming up July 20th. Would love to see you there. Um, we're going to be going through our core beliefs and doing some just beautiful yoga work alongside of that. So, okay. The other thing is I am really trying to plan some fun travel for this year. So if you're listening to this podcast, would you screenshot it and then tag me in the state that you live or the city that you live? I am trying to run a poll of where people are that are listening and where I could go to so we can have a fun meetup. So screenshot this podcast, tag me and tell me where you live so that I can come and visit. I would love to be able to do like a fun trailer cast pop up and would love to see where you are. So Okay, and the very first pop-up we're gonna be doing is in Denver, Colorado, this Tuesday, July 2nd. Gonna meet for happy hour. I'm gonna post about it on my Instagram. If you are in or around the Denver area, would love to meet you. Um, follow Willie Snipes Collective for more info on that. As always, um, I hope you have a beautiful week and I hope you press even deeper into these big questions and, um, and not that you would find the answer, but that you could sit in the mystery and that you could wonder at the goodness and wonder at the, the beauty and magic that is this life that we get to share together. Cheers. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you are interested in beginning your own work in therapy or coaching, you can go to www.elisesnipes.com. Follow me on Instagram at Elise Snipes Collective, where I will be sharing more with you throughout the week. You can get in touch with me to suggest a topic for the show or to ask a question from your own life you would like to have answered. Or just say hi by emailing me at elise at elisesnipes.com. Remember to subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends.